Help us, Lord, to be challenged by the passage, to learn something from the passage, and meet with us, Father. And Lord, uh, thank you for allowing us to have church on a Sunday night. We love you, Lord. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Okay, well, we find ourselves there in Genesis chapter number 22, and it's actually a very famous story about uh, Abraham, and I just want to share with you a few things in regards to the story, just show you a few points that you might not uh, have seen, and I don't want to spend too much time tonight, but um, look at verse 1, the Bible says in Genesis 22:1, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham, and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Now, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read a few verses for you, uh, just by way of introduction. But, it, um, you know, you got to understand, when the Bible says God did tempt Abraham, it's not saying that God tempted Abraham in the same sense as he tempted him to sin. The Bible tells us in James chapter number 1 and verse 13, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. So God will never tempt anyone to do evil or to do something that might be wrong. So you got to understand, when the Bible says that God did tempt Abraham, the word tempt there is the same word as attempted or, or uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, challenged him. And really was giving him a challenge to see whether Abraham was going to do that which God was challenging him or attempting him or tempted him to do. That's what it says there, God did tempt Abraham, you look at verse 2, it says, And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him therefore a burnt offering upon one of the mounts which I will tell thee of. So, first of all, I want to show you this, the picture of Jesus Christ. We see here a very beautiful picture of Jesus Christ on the cross. The Bible says that God told Abraham, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac. Now you might be wondering, well, hold on a second. I thought Abraham had two sons, which he did. He had Ishmael and he had Isaac. But it's interesting that God says, Take thy son, thine only son Isaac. You know, God only, uh, you know, takes into account the son that was legitimate. Ishmael, who was born out of adultery, God doesn't even recognize as a son. He says, take now thy son, and only son Isaac, and offer him therefore a burnt offering. Let me read for you this verse, John 3.16, most famous verse in the Bible. It says, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The Bible says that God gave his only begotten son. And the first picture of Jesus Christ we see here is this. Abraham was asked to take his only son and sacrifice him to God. And in the same way, God the Father took his, gave his only begotten son and sacrificed him for our sins on the cross. So you see there that picture there. Look at verse 3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac his son enclaved the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. And then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto this young man, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. And look at what it says in the last part of that verse. He says, Come again to you. So Abraham knows that God has asked him to sacrifice and kill his son Isaac. Yet, when they get to the mountain... Abraham looks at the young man and he says, Me and the lad are going to go worship yonder, but we are going to both come back. You know what that tells me? Is that Abraham fully expected that God was going to resurrect his son Isaac from the grave after Abraham sacrificed him. 
Acts chapter number 2 and verse 23. You have to turn there. I'll read it for you. It says, Him, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Talking about Jesus Christ. Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. So in the same way, we preached the whole sermon on it this morning, that God resurrected Jesus Christ from the grave. Abraham fully expected Isaac to be resurrected from the grave as a picture of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 6. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hands, and the knife, and they went both of them together. The Bible says that Abraham took the wood, because they were going to have, he was going to sacrifice him as an offering, and then he was going to burn him. And Abraham, the Bible says that he took the wood that they were going to use for that burnt offering, and he laid it upon the back of Isaac, his son, and Isaac had to carry that wood up into the mountain, right? So, Isaac took the wood that he was going to be sacrificed on, and he carried it on his back up into the mountain in which he was going to uh, be sacrificed. In the same way that Jesus Christ carried the wood of the cross on his back as he carried it out up the Mount Calvary where the mountain he would die. John 19.16 says, Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha. So you see there that Jesus took the wood of the cross on his back and carried it up Mount Calvary to the place where he would die. And Isaac took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it, it was laid on him. And he carried it on his back in the same fashion going up the mountain to where he should die. And you see another picture of Jesus Christ. Look at verse number uh, 7. Or look at verse 9. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. The Bible says that Abraham bound Isaac his son. John 18.12 says, Then the band and the captain and the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him. So Jesus was bound when he was taken captive to be taken to the cross. And Isaac was bound when he was going to be crucified by Abraham. I'm just trying to show you the uh, parallels and the picture that is being drawn. Abraham is taking his only son and sacrificing him in the same way that God took his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, and sacrificed him on the cross of Calvary. It's a beautiful picture of Calvary and a beautiful picture of salvation and what Jesus did for us. Not only that, not only is there a picture of Jesus Christ, but there's a prophecy of Jesus Christ. Look at uh, verse number 7. A prophecy of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in verse 7, And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Isaac is asking a, a very good question. He says, Behold, we've got the fire, we've got the wood, but he said, Where is the lamb that we're going to sacrifice for the burnt offering? In verse 8 of chapter 22, Abraham responds and says, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Now there's two ways to look at the, the answer that, God gave, that Abraham gave Isaac. Abraham said, God will prepare, provide himself a lamb. Now you could take that as Abraham saying that God was going to provide a lamb 
for the sacrifice that day. Now, I don't believe that's what Abraham was saying. Let me give you a few reasons why. Reason number one is I don't believe that this is a true statement because I believe that Abraham fully expected to kill Isaac and for God to resurrect him. Which, if you remember, we talked about that when, um, in verse 5, the Bible says, And Abraham said unto this young man, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. So he told him, look, we're going to go worship, and we're going to come again unto you. That's what he told his, uh, his men there. But in verse 10, the Bible says, And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and he took the knife to slay his son. So Abraham had every intention to slay Isaac. Abraham was going to kill his son, but yet he told them, We're going to come back. Both of us. So I believe Abraham fully expected to kill Isaac and for him to be resurrected. So I don't think Abraham had this idea that God was just going to provide a substitute lamb for Isaac at the mount. Another reason I do not believe that this is the case, that Abraham thought that God was just going to provide a lamb once they got up there, is because the Bible says that God, that Abraham is a prophet. Go back with me real quick to Genesis chapter number 20. And look at verse number 6. We are here a few weeks ago. But look at Genesis chapter number 20 and look at verse 6. Abraham chapter... Genesis chapter number 20 and verse 6. God is speaking to King Abimelech about Abraham. And the Bible says in verse 6, And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffer I thee not to touch her. Now therefore restore the man his wife. For he, referring to Abraham, is a prophet. And he shall pray for thee. And thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know that thou shalt surely die, thou and all thine that are thine. So you see there that God called Abraham a prophet. Now understand a prophet, a prophet doesn't necessarily mean that he's always going to be prophesying something in the future, but I think that God tells us that for a reason. Abraham did perform a prophecy, and I think we're looking at it. When Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb. But the most important reason why I do not believe that when, God said, when Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb, is that he believed that God was going to provide a replacement lamb for Isaac up at the mount, is because God never provided a lamb. Look at verse 13 in Genesis chapter number 22. Verse 13. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his sons. You see there that God did provide a substitute sacrifice, but he never provided a lamb. He provided a ram. Now I know the word lamb and ram sound similar, but they're two different animals. They're two very distinct animals. A lamb and a ram are different things. And God provided a ram for the sacrifice so that Isaac would not have to be sacrificed. But God never provided a lamb, I believe, until John chapter number 1 and verse 29, when the verse says, The next day John, referring to John the Baptist, seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And I believe when Abraham said to Isaac, God will provide himself a lamb, he was saying that God was going to provide himself. God was going to provide God, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, Himself as a lamb. And that was fulfilled when Jesus came down to earth and they said, Behold, the Lamb of God, the Lamb that Abraham was referring to, which taketh away the sins of the world. And I believe that was a prophecy that 
Abraham was uh, giving there when he told Isaac that. But not only, we, we saw the picture of Jesus Christ, we saw the prophecy of Jesus Christ. Now I want you to just take a look at the last point, really. Last point, we've got a few sub points under this. But the last point is this the path of Jesus Christ. The path of Jesus Christ. We saw the picture of Jesus Christ. We saw the prophecy of Jesus Christ. Look at the path of Jesus Christ. Verse 1 says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. Now, I want you to notice that God initiated this journey. The Bible says, God tempted Abraham. God did tempt Abraham. God came to Abraham. And God initiated the journey that he was about to go on. God asked him to give up his son. Look at verse 2. And he said, Take now thy son. And God acknowledges that it's thine only son, Isaac. And look at what God says. He says, Whom thou lovest. God not only knows that this is the only son that Abraham has. God not only is fully aware that Abraham loves this son. God not only understands, and if you've been with us on Sunday nights, you understand the years upon years that Abraham has been praying and waiting and believing for the son of the promise. He's put faith in believing that God would fulfill his promise and that God was going to give him the son. And from the descendants of his son, he's supposed to be blessed and he's supposed to have the Messiah supposed to come. And all the nations of the earth are supposed to be blessed. And this was the son that Abraham has been waiting for. And he loves him. And it's the only one he has. And there's no hope of ever having. When Abraham was a young man, newly married, he could have no children. And at the end of a hundred, at the age of a hundred years old, And God asked him to give up the son. You know, people, Abraham could say, it's not fair. Abraham could say, other people have children. Other people have more than one child. In fact, look down at verse number 20. It's, it's interesting that this is mentioned in Genesis 22. At the end of Genesis 22, it seems like it has nothing to do with the story. It's just kind of tagged on at the end, but it says in verse 20, And it came to pass after these things, that it was told Abraham, saying, Behold, Milcah, she hath also borne children unto thy brother Nahor. Abraham had a brother named Nahor, his wife was Milcah, and it was told to Abraham that Milcah had borne children to Nahor. Verse 21, he starts to be off to begin to list these children. Look at what it says. Number one, Huz, the firstborn. Number two, Buzz, his brother. Number three, Kemuel, the father of Aram. Number four, in verse 22, and Chesed. Number five, and Hazel. And Pildash, number six. And Jedlap, number seven. And Bethuel, number eight. So, his brother had eight children. And not only that, but in verse 23 it says, And Bethuel begat Rebekah, these eight, Milcah did bear unto Nahor, Abraham's brother. So he had eight children from his wife, Milcah, this was Nahor, Abraham's brother. But on top of that, in verse 24, it says, And his concubine, whose name was uh, Reuma, she bare also Teba, and Gaham, and Phahash, and Maacah. So he had 12 sons from his wife, and four you know, other children from um, his concubine. So Abraham's brother had a total of 12 kids. 
You know, when Abraham could look at somebody like that and say, well, he has 12 kids. God, why don't you ask him to give up one of their kids? Or so-and-so has two kids. Or so-and-so has three kids. Or, or, you know, Abraham could really get bitter about this. But look at Abraham's attitude. Look at verse 3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning. Now keep in mind, he didn't raise up early in the morning because he was going to Disneyland. He didn't wake up early in the morning because he was going camping. He rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and claimed the wood for the birth offering and rose up and went to the place which God had told him. He woke up early in the morning the very next day in order to go into uh, this land where God told him to sacrifice the only son he had, the, the son he loved. And it took him three days to get there. Look at verse 4. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. It took him three days to get there. Can you imagine walking with your only child for three days? And think, because obviously, Isaac had no idea that he was going to be sacrificed. Because going up the mountain, Isaac is asking, where's the land that we're going to sacrifice? And could you imagine just for three days traveling, 72 hours, and all you're thinking about is, when we get to where I'm going, I'm going to take a knife and I'm going to kill my son. Because that's what God asked me to do. I mean, Abraham could have got bitter. Abraham could have got mad. Abraham could have said, God, this is not fair. God, why are you causing me to do this? God, why are you putting this stress on my life? God, why are you hurting me? God, why are you doing this to me? God, I do not want to do this. God, I, I don't like this. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to go through this path. I don't want to go through this trial. But the thing is, that God was tempting and testing Abraham. Look at verse 10. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took this knife to slay his son. I mean, he picked up the knife and he stretched out his hand in order to kill him. You know, so I've always envisioned Abraham going like this to stab his son. Some people would say that he would have taken his son after he bound him on the wood. He, laid, he, would, he would build the, 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 sacri- the, the offering table there and he would lay the wood and then he would tie his son, bind his son to the wood. And just like he would sacrifice a lamb, he probably took his hand and put it under the chin of his son and then maybe took that knife and brought it under his neck and was going to slice open the neck of his son and let the blood pour out till he died and then, you know, take care of the, the, the sacrifice there as he would have to take care of it and then burn that body. Abraham was expecting to come back with his son after he burned the body. I mean, he expected God to resurrect him and fix him. And the Bible says that Abraham strikes forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called out to him out of heaven. So God sends an angel. And he calls out to him and he said, Abraham! Abraham! And he said, here am I. And he said, let not thy hand, uh, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God. See, and look what he says, that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. So you've got to understand, Isaac was the most important thing that Abraham had in his life. Isaac was the only thing that Abraham was hoping for, and praying for, and wanting in his life. Abraham had all the riches he could have. Abraham had all the money he could have. Abraham was a very successful businessman, and he was an old man, and he had a good life, and he'd done many things. But the most precious thing, the most important thing, because even in these days, the most important thing you can have is a 
saying, Thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. But it's very interesting, because I want you to look at verse number 1, in comparison to verse number 11. In verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass after these things, that God did tempt Abraham, and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, referring to Abraham, Abraham answers back to God, and here's how he answers you. So he says, Behold, here I am. Notice those three words. He says, Here I am. Here I am. That's saying where you choose to be. God called Abraham, and Abraham, very godly man, very secure man, very wealthy man, very happy man, was given his son before he died, says, God, here I am. This is where I am. This is where I choose to be. But after God tempted him, after God tried him, after the three most worst days of Abraham's life, three days of traveling with a son. I mean, if, you're, if, if your son's, if Isaac is anything like a, uh, like a regular son, you know, he was probably conversating with his son for those three days, talking about his son. They're probably making plans and saying, uh, Isaac might have been saying, uh, uh, Dad, you know, maybe when we get back from the strip, maybe we can go fishing. And Abraham might have said, you know, yeah, yeah maybe we will, son. You know, thinking that I'm going to kill this kid. Isaac might have said, Dad, when we get, when we get back, maybe I, I got this broken down bike, maybe you can help me fix it, or, or I'd like to do this, or I'd like to do that. They might have been talking, Abraham, thinking this is the last time I'm going to see my son, maybe. Might have been giving his son, and loving his son, and telling his son, and quite possibly, without a doubt, the worst three days of Abraham's life. And he gets up to this mouth. He prepares the whole sacrifice. He binds his son. He's ready to kill him. And when the angel of the Lord, in verse 11, the Bible says, And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, notice, before Abraham said, Here I am. But in verse 11, he says, Here am I. You know what the difference is between here I am and here am I? Here I am is where I choose to be. Here am I is where God brought you. Here I am is where I want to be. It's where I'm financially stable. It's where I'm secure. It's where I've got things. All my ducks are lined up in a row. And I'm where I want to be. But here am I. Might not be where you want to be. Here am I. Might be where you're being asked to sacrifice the one thing you love. Might be where you're asked to do something something hard. To give up something hard. To do something horrible. To kill your only son. But he said here is where God has brought me. You want to know where the path of Jesus Christ will lead you? It will lead you from here I am to here am I. Not necessarily where I want to be, but where I ended up. Like we said this morning, Paul might not have necessarily wanted to be in the prison, wanted to be beaten, wanted to be stoned and whipped and lied about and and lied to and and, and shipwrecked and done wrong to. He might have not wanted to be there, but that's where he found himself when he took on the journey. Let me show you one verse, and I want you to turn there with me. I don't have it in my notes, so let me see if I can find it real quick. But go with me to James chapter number 2, towards the end of the New Testament. James chapter number 2. Look at verse 21. James chapter number 2 and verse 21, the Bible says... Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar? 
See thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. He was called the friend of God. Now I want you to understand this. That's not talking about salvation. Abraham was saved. In verse 23 it says, And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God. That event is a quote from Genesis, happened years before Abraham took his son up to Mount. He believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness years before this event. But the Bible says that this event, it says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? You know, you know what this event is? Go back with me to Genesis. This event is really the most important event that happened in Abraham's life. I believe this event is why we know so much of Abraham and why Abraham is our hero. Because at this event, Abraham justified himself. Because he believed. He had faith. But at this moment, Abraham became the father of faith. I mean, Abraham showed that he did believe and that he was willing to do whatever God asked him to do. And at this event, at the hardest moment of his life, when he was asked to do the hardest thing he could ever do, at this moment, is when Abraham went down in history as the hero of our faith. And you know why there are no or why there are, not, there are not as many Abrahams as we would like. You know why most of us will not go down in history as a hero of a faith? It's because we're not willing to go to that mountain. Now look, God will never ask you for a human sacrifice. He didn't, ask, he didn't want him to kill Isaac. He just wanted to see if he would kill Isaac. And in your life, you might not have an Isaac. You might not have one child that you've been praying for, you know, years upon years, and, and God gave him to you as a miracle. But each and every one of us has something in our life that God, there is a path from where God, from where we are, and where God wants to take us. There is a moment, there is a path, okay, from here I am to here am I. And the difference between here I am and here am I is a whole lot of struggle. It's a whole lot of pain. It's a whole lot of tribulation. It's a whole lot of doubting. It's a whole lot of thinking. It's a whole lot of... It's three days journey holding hands with your son thinking I'm going to kill him. From here I am to here am I is a hard journey. But the difference between here I am and here am I is that here am I is the Abraham that went down in history that earned the reward that did a great thing for God. And we want to do great things for God but we don't want the path that it takes. We want to build the big church but we don't want the hurt that it's going to take. And God has, we all have in here I am. And God has a here am I for each and every one of us. But here's the question. Are we willing to go through the path? Are we willing to go through that journey? Are we willing to go through those three days? Are we willing to do whatever it is? It might not be Isaac. It might be something else. It might be another hard thing you've got to do. It might be something you've got to deal with. And something you but see, when we make the mistake is when we take this attitude and say, Well, God, it's not fair. Abraham could have said, God, it's not fair. Nabal has 12 kids. So-and-so has kids. They have children. Why don't you ask them to sacrifice their kids? God, it's not fair. But if we would just shut our mouths and say, God, okay, I'll rise up early in the morning. Man, we could 
could do something for God. We could turn this world upside down. But here am I. I'm telling you right now. It's not as comfortable as here I am. Here I am. That's a great, secure, nice, nice house, nice car, 401k, Roth IRA. Everything's great. Not a trouble in the world. Here am I, I might find you in a mountain, sacrificing the only thing you love. But here am I, is going to change the world. Because look at what it says in verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. You know what God was saying? God was saying, Abraham, I know I promised you descendants. I know I promised you the Messiah. But he said, you just verified for me that you're the right guy. And from here on, Abraham went down in history as a hero of the faith. The father of our faith. You know, in human terms. Because he was willing to go from here I am to here am I. But there's a path. There's a, there's a road we got to travel. And here's a question. Are we willing to travel that path to get there? That's why I have to have a word of prayer. Father, Lord, I do ask that you'd help us.